I almost think it's that they're speaking a different languages. I think marketing is so caught up in lead gen and demand gen and MQLs and sales is obviously all about revenue. It's what I see that's happening. They're focusing on these arbitrary numbers when they need to focus on revenue and look at the fundamentals of revenue and where gaps lie. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Market Mentors podcast. I'm Matt Dodgson, co-founder of Market Recruitment, and we connect B2B tech and SaaS businesses with marketers to help them grow. This week, we're joined by Christina Jaramillo. Christina is the president of Personal ABM, and they support a wide range of SaaS and B2B tech businesses with revenue generation through account-based marketing. So Christina has certainly seen her fair share of companies grappling with ABM and revenue generation. So let's dig into what she has to say. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Market Mentors Podcast, Christina. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. So before we get stuck into this one, I'd love to know what your relationship is with B2B tech marketing. I am the president of Personal ABM, and we work with B2B SaaS and tech firms, and they come to us with challenges, particularly when it comes to driving stage progression. They're challenged with longer sales cycle times. They're having an issue reversing no positions or losing the competitors or even trying to go up market or get larger deal sizes, or they're having an issue with customer churn, or they're challenged to drive expansion with these key accounts that they know can be even more lucrative, more profitable for them. So when they come to us, we work with them to change interactions that they're having with those human buyers with the target accounts and changing the experiences that they're delivering. We've helped revenue management tech firms reverse no positions with UPS. We've helped supply chain tech firms protect their biggest account, which happened to be Procter & Gamble for them. And they were going to be losing to a larger national competitor. And we also helped the digital asset management company make their competitors irrelevant so that they stop losing on price and they can capture twice as many deal sizes and create 2x deal sizes. So I'm pretty tied to B2B SaaS. We've been doing it for almost a dozen years now, and I'm loving it. And it's changed a lot in a dozen years, isn't it? It has. LinkedIn today, which is one of the main platforms that we like to use, has gone night and day. And the way that we reach customers now with podcasting too has changed a lot. So it's very interesting. Never a dull moment. Awesome, indeed. So the obvious question, and this may come as a bit of a surprise to a lot of marketers, but why do you think there's a problem with focusing on pipeline? When you focus on pipeline, You focus only on one part of the journey, only seeing a small part of what your customer or your prospects are doing. And it has teams, both sales and marketing, playing a numbers game. And in many cases, there's very little focus on what they're doing as a team together. And, you know, sales and marketing might have developed their ICP, but they're really all over the place when it comes to prospecting and nurturing. I mean, I see this all the time. Sales is chasing after deals no matter the actual size. So they're spending just as much time on those smaller deals as they would be on the larger deals. And the lack of focus hurts everyone, especially revenue. And they're kind of playing this game that's popular in the US. I'm not sure if everyone is familiar with it in your listenership, but it's called capture the flag. Mm. And you're kind of all over the place or all over the field trying to get that flag from the other team. And it's really no rhyme or reason behind the motions. And it's all over the place. But one of the examples I want to talk about is Before we started working with one of our newer clients, they are a facilities management company. They would target accounts or any account within their ICP. And the deal sizes could be very small, anywhere from 12K to 25K. 
but they would spend all their resources and time on them to get them into the pipeline, even though this particular organization had really aggressive sales goal. Their leadership wants to become a $1 billion market cap company by 2030. So what do we have now? Seven years? And right now they're only at 130 million. Hmm. So that's really aggressive target. And by focusing on companies that are going to have nominal impact on the business, it's not helping them drive their greater revenue goals, but they were still focused on the pipeline. They were only focused on that beginning of the journey. And they were focused even on getting first-time appointments. And these first-time appointments were with people that were at the manager or, in their case, facility manager level, instead of focusing on the bigger picture and the VPs of ops, maybe the COOs or the CFOs, depending on the target, where they were only getting one to two or even three facility deals where if they had focused on the bigger picture, they could have gotten regional and national deals, and those would significantly increase the deal size. And by focusing on the pipeline, our eyes are not on the end goal, which to me, sales and marketing should both be focusing on the end goal of revenue. And another example that I had was a conversational AI firm that has about half a million dollar deal sizes a year. They came to us, they were using ABM, they were building a pipeline, having a great time of that, and was very successful. But what they were really challenged with was accounts going dark, especially after initial sales engagement. And when we dug a little deeper and we looked at what was going on, we saw that the content they have didn't really influence the internal conversations that were happening when sales wasn't in the room, when marketing wasn't available. There's no content and messaging or stories on how they were going to align with their specific target accounts, where they are now as a business and where they're looking to go in the future. And they also didn't talk about account-specific or competitor-specific gaps and impacts. And apparently this is an issue with a lot of AI companies I've been talking to because I had another example where they were talking at large companies for pretty big deal sizes with MasterCard and even Walmart, but they were other large brands and they were in conversations for about 14 months and they were no closer to getting a deal. And this particular company, when I spoke to leadership said, we just need more closers. Mm. And that might be the case, but it looked to me that sales and marketing should really be focusing and winning as one team. And they didn't have that marketing focus of thinking about the entire journey and Mm. revenue. They were really, again, only focused on pipeline. And when you talk about pipeline, are you talking about the total pipeline, i.e. everything from an MQL right the way through to sort of close one? Yes, but most companies, when I speak to them, they do focus particularly marketing on the top of the funnel. So they might focus a little bit on stage progression, but so much focus is on that top that it's almost like as the funnel progresses, like if you were thinking about it from top to bottom, Hmm. their focus shrinks as well, if that makes sense. When It should be that they put more focus when they're closer to the deal because that means that they're going to be closer to the win. Like it shouldn't be all or nothing. Hmm. So almost you're describing that the marketing team, which are kind of creating the MQLs and then sales taking over and actually then trying to close that without necessarily having the marketing support. But the two departments almost focusing on different targets, i.e. marketing are focusing on an MQL, sales are focusing on a revenue, and it isn't sort of joined up in terms of the sort of whole process throughout that whole journey. Correct. And I think that's that old marketing hands off the baton, let's say, to sales, as opposed to being a handshake where we work together from beginning to end. And what are we going to do as a team? Mm. We're not just sales. We're not just marketing. We're the organization as a team. How are we going to help that account progress? And how are we going to eventually close that deal together, not just sales doing it alone? And why do you think that happens? And why do you think these companies are actually having almost two separate focuses for those two go-to-market teams? I almost think it's that they're speaking a different languages. I think marketing is so caught up in lead gen and demand gen and Hmm. MQLs and sales is obviously all about revenue. It's what I see that's happening. They're focusing on these arbitrary numbers when they need to focus on revenue. 
and look at the fundamentals of revenue and where gaps lie. You want to uncover hmm. what are the business revenue issues that are impacting stage progression? Why are we having such a challenge with that? Or if it's sales cycle time, what's going on underneath? You can impact anything that's related to revenue. So like I said, stage progression, how can we improve that? Sales cycle time, win rates, deal sizes, anything that's attributable to ARR, GRR, or NRR. It's that sales is speaking one language and marketing speaking another, and we need to both get on the same page of revenue and how we're going to get closer to it. And I hear that sort of leadership teams or founders or whoever it might be sort of running the business overall, their view is we just need more pipeline. Or as you mentioned, we just need more closers. We need people who can close those deals better when actually those two fixes may help a little bit, but they're not going to fundamentally change things. Yeah, they might be like a Band-Aid, a temporary fix, but they're not going to fix the entire issue that's underneath mm. of, okay, why are we having this challenge? What's actually causing it? Is it marketing's not supporting? Are we all not on the same page? You really have to dive deep, but it's a lot of work. But once you get it, the reward and the benefit, it's potentially very large. So we touched on a few points there in terms of sort of what companies could be doing then instead, rather than sort of focusing purely on pipeline then, what are some of the things that you would suggest them do? I know that they need to focus on how are we going to get to revenue? So I have an example that I got from another person. Her name's Cassandra Jowett, and she's the senior director of marketing at PathFactor. And she kind of relates the buyer's journey to this kid's game. It's called The Floor is Lava. They have a game on Netflix. So basically it is that you're jumping from point to point on the buyer's journey to safe harbor, which inevitably in this situation would be the sale. And you want to make sure they don't fall into the lava halfway through the journey. They're jumping from rock to rock and so on. You want to make that path to revenue as clear as possible. And I think the problem is that go-to market teams don't lay out that path because they're focusing on the pipeline. Pipeline should be a demand gen thing. They're not focusing on how they can accelerate high value deals to revenue faster or create higher deal sizes. They're not focused on those interactions that need to happen or the experiences that they're delivering across the buyer's journey. So anybody that's facing the customer, any go-to market team, this also involves customer success. How are we changing those interactions that we're delivering and the experiences that we're delivering to be as relevant as possible? Who should lead that then? Is that somebody in marketing that should lead that? Or is it somebody outside of that sort of whole go-to-market team? Somebody who's maybe independent that should be leading that? Yeah, it needs to be led by marketing, but it needs to also be an internal thing. This needs to be embedded in the culture of the organization. So senior leadership should be involved in this as well, led by marketing. And then they come together with sales and how we're going to work as a group. But it has to be a change management as well. I know it's kind of deceiving when you kind of account-based marketing, but it's really a strategy for a business. So it's account-based strategy, account-based business initiatives of how we're going to work together as one. Gotcha. And would that include research, picking up the phone and speaking to a customer? And we obviously talk about when loss interviews and stuff like that, you're going to get a lot more insights from a deal that's gone than a deal that's won necessarily, albeit both are valuable. But could that be somebody picking up the phone to a customer and finding out, look, what's the reason why this has happened? Yes, absolutely. Account intelligence from customers, from prospects, from deals that you've closed or lost, mm. but also account intelligence that you do before you even speak to a prospect so that you know their business inside and out. And one of the things that we like to do for ourselves and for our clients is look at what's going on at the business internally. So what is senior leadership talking about? What is the board of directors talking about at that organization if you're targeting enterprise or huge organizations? 
what are their goals for the next six months to a year to even five years if they have that plan? Because whatever that initiative, it's going to trickle down to all the different aspects of the business. And wherever your solution plays, you can get a better idea of how you're going to impact the business as a whole. Hmm. So for example, if you're selling into the sales organization, your solution might be for sales, but how is it going to impact customers? How is it going to impact ops? How is it going to impact other divisions within the organization? So it's a fit for the company versus fit for the department. Hmm. And I guess this is sort of leading on to where our conversation is going to go next, which is ABM, isn't it? This is your kind of wheelhouse, really. And sort of relating to what we've talked about, i.e., you know, companies shouldn't be just focusing on pipeline then. Why do you think ABM can help them with revenue growth versus just sort of that pipeline growth? Because it is so focused, this is the way I look at it. Demand gen should feed ABM or work off ABM. It should focus on the top of funnel. Hmm. And then whoever is showing intent or whoever goes cold for once they're in the initial pipe, then ABM should take over. And that's where the intelligence should come in. And that's where irrelevance should come in. And that's how you can grow that deal as opposed to a lot of companies right now I've seen are putting ABM and demand gen in the same bucket. And they're two totally different things. They work and support one another, but they are two different entities. Just exactly what I was thinking, actually, because I know that, you know, we've been hiring for some roles recently where you have a demand gen marketer and they're doing a demand gen play as well as an ABM play. And they're meshing that together in one role then. So what is ABM to you then? Why shouldn't you be doing that? Because I speak to a lot of companies and sometimes they'll say, we're going to do ABM and you kind of drill into it. And actually what they're doing is they're just picking out a set number of accounts and kind of doing the same sort of demand gen play to those customers. But because they feel like they've pulled them out and done a vertical and done a little bit of sort of segmentation, they think it's an ABM play. From where you are then, what do you see as being the difference between the two? The major difference to me is that ABM or account-based approaches is a business strategy. It should be driven, like I said earlier, by marketing, but it's got to be supported across revenue-facing teams in the organizations. So it's got to be, how are we going to get the greatest customer lifetime value from the accounts that mean the most to our bottom line? How are we going to protect those accounts that may be at risk? When you put ABM and demand gen in the same bucket, you're basically doing demand gen more targeted. So you're doing hmm. account-based advertising or account-based gifting or account-based lead gen, or we might create a landing page for a specific set of accounts. So that's account-based marketing. And that's really only scratching the surface of what account-based marketing really should be or account-based approaches and strategies should really be. And that's why I think the two should be working together and not in tandem, not together. Mm. Like when I see someone's doing ABM and demand gen, I know they're just doing more targeted demand gen. It's not true ABM. Yeah. And how would you suggest those teams be set up then? If we think about like the marketing org as an example, then let's say, for instance, you're a business that sells to enterprise as well as to perhaps mid-market or smaller. So you're going to have maybe more of a demand gen play on the sort of smaller size customers, but maybe picking out a few big, big customers for the ABM piece. How would you suggest the marketing team be sort of structured to make it effective then? Yeah, I definitely think they should be working together. But if you're going to combine them, instead of combining with demand gen, I like to focus it on being combined with product marketing or even field marketing, because there is a stronger focus on nurturing after an event or in the field. So I like to think of a single group within the organization. Better yet, the best ideal way to do this is to embed the strategy and the approach in the organization. This is something that I spoke to 
Leslie Allure, who's VP of marketing at Avanti, and they don't have a demand gen team. They don't have an ABM team. What they're doing is across sales and marketing teams, they're working together to close enterprise accounts. So it's embedded in their culture. They brought her on initially to run ABM, but when she got into the organization, she realized what they were doing. They were not ready and she realized that. So it took almost a year before she brought it up again and said that we're ready for it now. She got to put all the pieces in place. So you can't retrofit what you're already doing into ABM because you're just going to do the same thing you've always been doing, but expect because you're doing it a little more targeted that the results are going to be better. And they might be initially, but it's not going to be sustainable. Hmm. And within this sort of ABM side, I think a lot of people get not frightened, but perhaps shy away from sort of classic ABM because it takes more time, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's not just about doing a sort of demand gen play, but within the ABM side then, because you've got lots of different elements from sort of researching who those verticals might be. We've talked about researching, talking to customers as an example, to try and uncover some things that are missing. There's so many different elements to it. What sort of people would you say sort of need to be in an ABM team or, you know, what sort of skills does somebody need then to be a good ABMer? Yeah. So when I think of someone that I would like to hire as an ABMer, if I was hiring for, you know, a huge marketing team, I want someone who's going to look across the business to identify business revenue issues and not someone who says that they are only focused on pipeline. I want to look for someone who has a different mindset than traditional marketing. I want someone who's going to influence revenue and drive changes within the marketing department and hopefully within the organization so that we're hitting revenue numbers. Because I can get anyone for marketing that's focused on pipeline and I'd rather probably put them in a demand gen sort of role, but I want someone who's got a bigger focus and a bigger idea of how we're going to get to revenue because that is the bigger goal for me, hmm. especially when it comes to account-based approaches than, you know, how many leads do we have? Because if you're going to just turn on tons and tons of leads into the top of the funnel and none of them actually come to fruition, you're going back to that numbers game and then it's just not going to work. And it might seem to work for some organizations, but I've seen maybe it works for six months to a year and all of a sudden it's not working anymore. And then you look back and what they were doing originally, it's because they were playing that numbers game. And after a while, you hit a wall. Hmm. And going back to some of your examples then that you gave at the start, when you've gone into some of these companies, and these are good companies, aren't they? They're smart people within these organizations. They're coming to you because, you know, they've got particular problems that they can't fix themselves, really. So they need an expert, they need an extra pair of eyes to look at it. But the stuff that you've done for those organizations, what have you actually done then to sort of fix some of those problems by implementing ABM then? So depending on the organization, we try to focus on one issue at first, again, tied to revenue. So let's go back to talking about stage progression. You have a lot of companies that come to us and say, you know, we bought ABM tech or we bought intent data and we are getting a pipeline and it's great, but we can't get to stage progression or we can't get past stage one or stage two to the close. They're just stuck. They go dark. So we have to figure out what is underneath, what is going on, why are they getting stuck? It's because the content and messaging in most cases is not resonating. They're talking to personas, they're talking to industries versus the human buyers within those accounts. Mm. So when you have a set number of accounts that you want to work with, let's say you're targeting an actual named organization, what's important to that organization, not what's important to an organization that looks like them. Each one is like a market of one. Mm. And these are going to be strategies that we implement with typically our clients or deal sizes are six, seven figures, and even sometimes larger than that. So this type of one-to-one -one personal and very relevant ABM is for that. And then the one-to-few and one-to-many are for the smaller deal sizes. So we focus on those interactions that we're having with those human buyers for the one-to-one, -one, and then we can take those learnings and apply them to the one-to-few and one-to-many, and then they can also be implemented through tech. But 
tech is always the last piece in our strategy. And what do you personally do then to uncover those insights? A lot of account-based research. So Mm. I alluded to it before. So if we're going after a specific name company, we see what's going on at the top. Mm. What are the board members talking about? What is the C-suite talking about? What's the strategy? What's their one-year, five-year, 10-year goal? And how can our tool fit into that so that it becomes Mm. something that's implemented maybe in one department, but it's affected and impacting other parts of the organization. So we make sure that we uncover their gaps or what's going on internally. So for example, we have a conversational AI company that's trying to target large banks. So we're targeting, you know, the Wells Fargo's, the Bank of America's, the huge U.S. banks for right now. And they're talking at them about artificial intelligence. And one of the companies they're trying to target has artificial intelligence already. So their type of content they're trying to use with them was only thought leadership. It's not something that they're not familiar with already. They need to figure out what's going on with the AI that they have and they're using Hmm. and what are the gaps in it. And that's what the content needs to speak about so they can see how their solution would fit into this bank's already existing artificial intelligence and other tools and technologies they're using. And I guess that's a sort of problem perhaps with companies looking to create this sort of cookie cutter sort of approach, not necessarily trying to make it like a factory, but you know, we hear so much about automation and ways of making things efficient that you actually almost go away from things that aren't scalable, which is what you're talking about here. Some of the best tactics to use are things that you shouldn't be able to scale. Maybe in the future, after you've been in lots of situations where it's worked, you can start to develop a bit of a pattern. But in these initial days, really, you're looking for activities that isn't a sort of cookie cutter approach, really, because that's where you're going to uncover these good, good insights. Absolutely. So you touched on tech. I mean, what are your thoughts on tech? Sometimes people get fixated on a particular ABM tool is going to solve all my problems. Oh, absolutely. Or going to help me do everything. and It's going to be amazing. What are your thoughts on tech? When should people be sort of thinking about implementing tech within ABM then? It's definitely not the first thing. If you do go implementing tech, especially ABM tech first, and it drives a strategy, then you're basically amplifying what's not already working or amplifying Hmm. what you're already sharing just in a more targeted manner. So it's not that I don't agree with ABM tech. I think it's really useful. I just think that people use it as a crutch. And then when it's not delivering the results that they wanted after six months to a year, they blame it on the tech and maybe abandon ABM altogether when it really is the best strategy for people that have more complex sales or longer sales cycle or larger deal sizes. So I always say, flip it and strategy should be first, tech later. So the strategy is influencing the tech because once you develop the strategy, you might realize that the tech that you bought is not what you needed. Mm. You, You might be better suited to get insights from an intent data platform, or you might want to use a content platform to help you depending on what your real issues are and what you feel the strategy, where it needs to go. Mm. You know, and these are clunky items. If you don't have someone that's owning them, and knows how to use them, you also have to take that into consideration because not only are they expensive tools, but then you also need someone to really manage it and implement it correctly. So it's a big purchase. It's not one of those things that it'll just fix everything. Hmm. So definitely strategy first, nail what's going on. Are we having issues with account expansion? Are we have a high churn rate? Are we losing to competitors? Are we having an issue going up market? Fix those fundamentals of revenue first. And then the tech can support later. In the early days, once you've kind of fixed those problems, what sort of tech would you suggest somebody use in the kind of early days? What sort of tech do you think could help somebody with this sort of approach? Yeah, initially, anything that's going to help you better understand your customer or get some data on the customer, that's where those stories come from. And that's how you can improve the interactions with your current customers, other customers. 
You can improve the interactions with potential customers, any type of prospects, and then you can layer on the other types of intent data or ABM to support it. But definitely learn as much as you can from your customers now. I mean, they were your original target list. Mm. So let's learn from them. And the value that you see that you deliver versus the value that they see could be totally different. And it might influence the change of your messaging, your content, and the way you portray yourself to potential customers. Great stuff. You've given us so many insights today. I mean, if there was sort of one or two sort of takeaways that you think people should be thinking about at the moment. I mean, we are living in not unusual times, but difficult times for a lot of companies at the moment. So there'll be lots of marketeers out there thinking about pipeline, thinking about demand gen, thinking about getting revenue over the line. What sort of two or three perhaps takeaways that you think people should be thinking about then to improve that? I think always focus on how can we get to where the gaps are? How can we get to where our challenges are? Are we losing deals to competitors? Are we compromising on deal size? Are we having a high churn rate? What is that particular revenue hole? Where is that revenue gap? And if you can focus on that first, everything else will fall into line a little easier. It might be that you're just not connecting correctly and making the conversation about price versus value. Mm. And I think fixing anything that's tied to revenue or trying to work on those goals first will give you a better direction of where you're going to go. And account-based approaches, strategy, experience, I've seen it coined different ways. It's an, a business approach to fix the revenue. So it's not a thing to do. It's not a technology. It's not demand gen. And then we do it a little more focused. So I think it's definitely a mindset change and shift, and it'll make it a little easier. I know it's very challenging for a lot of marketers right now since their budgets are getting cut and, you know, they're asked to do more with less. Mm. But uncovering those actual issues is going to help them do more with less. Superb. Christina, if people want to get hold of you, what's the best way of them doing it? Definitely connect with me on LinkedIn or check out the website, personalabm.com. Make sure you just give me a relevant message on LinkedIn so I know why we should connect because that's one of my pet peeves. <laughs> no worries. Well, I've loved this conversation. You know, I think you touch on a really hot topic at the moment, which is hopefully that marketing and sales teams are going to get on that sort of single revenue focus. Some companies are doing it, lots of companies are doing it, but obviously some companies perhaps need to focus a little bit more on that. And maybe that might be the marketing role evolving a little bit and how they're compensated. But, you know, I think those are conversations for another day. So it's been great talking to you. Thank you very much for your time you too thank you so much i appreciate it lovely cheers christina so that's it for another episode of the market mentors podcast thanks for listening if you enjoyed this episode then please leave a review as that helps the channel going forward until next time